kiss me and smile for me Tell me that you'll wait for me Hold me like you'll never let me go Cause I'm leaving on a jet plane Don't know when I'll be back again Oh babe, I hate to go Hello and welcome to episode 88 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Cauley. As always, I'm joined by Bryson and Jacob. How are you guys? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. It's been a week. Um, how are you, Jacob? I'm doing all right. I mean, it sucks. <laughs> the playoff run was kind of short, but you know what? It was fun while it lasted. Yeah, we, we knew last week that by this point, um, this week, we would know what happened to the Blue Jays, whether they were eliminated, whether they were moving on, and unfortunately, they are eliminated. We're not having the podcast we wanted to be having at this point. Um, It was a very quick postseason, two games. The Blue Jays scored a grand total of, what, three runs, four runs. Um, They were something like 0 for 22 with runners in scoring position over the course of only two games. Um, It was not the... not the series we expected. We expected them to at least give some offense against the Rays, and we didn't expect Tyun Jin Ryu to, you know, give up, what was it, seven runs in his start. So what are your guys' impressions about, you know, how it worked out? Are you guys disappointed by the way the Blue Jays performed, even though we knew that they would be facing a challenge going against the Rays? Uh, well, to start off, it, it definitely was disappointing, but um, I guess it's something that none of us really, or a lot of us kind of expected it to be possible, uh, you know, first of all, when we're entering the, the series, uh, we knew Tampa Bay was the first seed in the American League, so pretty much the Jays were matching up with one of the best teams overall in the league, and in this case, the best team in the American League, and uh, just flat out didn't work out after uh, two games, you know, I get, you know, they it started off with the interesting strategy with the rotation with Matt Shoemaker starting game one, and then Hinjin Ryu was supposed to start game two, and then for a potential game three would have been Taiwan Walker. And then after the game one, actually, Matt Shoemaker only pitched about three innings, and then Robbie Ray came in after that for another three innings. So it was um, it worked out, but you know, offensively, just they couldn't get the job done. We know how it kind of ended in game one, and then game two, pretty much everything fell off the rails um, in the first inning or the second inning. Sorry, uh, Ryu was shaky right off the get go, and uh, going into the second inning is that's when pretty much everything fell apart, and um, from there it did not look good. It was what was it seven nothing, eight nothing. And, um, you know, the Jays managed to score a few runs, but unfortunately wasn't close to being enough. You know, things going around, there's a few errors, a few errors that you don't see every day from someone like Bo Bichette. And, um, yeah, it was just, I guess, you know, when you look at it, it still, in my opinion, was a successful season. I think uh, both of you guys can agree with me on that. But, um, you know, I, I don't know how, you know, definitely a learning experience for them as well. You know, as much as it was only two games, um, you got to experience some sort of playoff baseball, obviously not usual playoff baseball with no crowds, or in this case, um, a 60-game season, and then uh, this year also with a new playoff format. Um, but, you know, the Jays will be back. They have a busy offseason ahead, and uh, unfortunately it couldn't work out, but um, some questionable decisions, I guess, at first when we first saw it with Matt Shoemaker, but uh, it ended up working out fine. Uh, Robbie Ray did pitch a good three innings of relief after he came into the game. Um, but you know what? It, lo- it was a little disappointing, but overall... I'm still happy with the season the Blue Jays had. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of tough to watch. I mean, the Blue Jays, in Game 1, they were competitive. Uh, but, you know, Game 2 was just, it was over by, what, the second inning. So it's just, obviously not the ending you want to a season. But, I mean, it it still, in a way, was a successful season. Because, I mean, they obviously the Blue Jays went from, what was it, 30 games under 500 or something in 2019 to... Uh, over a 500 record, albeit in 60 games, but it was still, it was still good to see. Uh, I think the best way to describe this playoff series with the Rays was just the inexperience was showing. Uh, it, you saw a lot of players who had performed for the Blue Jays throughout the season just swinging at pitches that were not in the strike zone. I think in Game Six they had six left on base. Uh, their only run was off of a Bo Bichette uh, sack fly, and I think it was the eighth inning. So it just you know, not what you expected from the Blue Jays, although they did, you know, face some good Rays pitching, but it just overall was a very tough season to watch, or series to watch, rather, and 
the errors were made, like you said, Bryson, with Bo Bichette. Uh, I think he had two in the series combined. There was a few where he could have easily hitting and the inning was extended and the Blue Jays, you know, they struggled. Uh, also, one of the things that was interesting was after Game 2, Pat Tabler, who was brought on to Blue Jays Central, he alluded to the fact that Ryu did not look look comfortable on the mound. And we always talk about how you, you don't really see emotion out of him. You know, it could be 5 nothing for his team or 5 nothing for the other team. It could be a one-run game. It could be tied. You know, you don't know how he's feeling, but he did not look very comfortable. And it just, that was tough to see. I mean, we kind of, last week, we expected uh, the start or the game with Ryu starting to be a game that the Blue Jays would automatically win or at least be very competitive in. And it just, that didn't happen. I mean, he struggled, unfortunately. And it, you know, he wasn't the sole reason why the Blue Jays lost that game. I think they did only score, what was it, two runs off of Danny Jansen home runs. But it, you know, still, it was a disappointing season. Although one thing I will say is this this might, to some people, might sound a little bit weird. But I'm, in a way, happy to see how upset the players were after game two. You know, you saw guys like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. just looking, he, he just sat with his head down for like a solid two minutes. And... It showed that they cared. They wanted to win. They thought they could win. And unfortunately, they they just got outmatched. I think that's the best way to put it. And it showed that they cared and that they wanted to be better. And all throughout social media, every any player that has either Twitter or Instagram, they always talked about how we're going to be back. This was just the beginning. And it shows that you know this is a young group of not even just teammates, just friends that know that, hey, we did not play the way that we should. And we're going to be better next year. So it's, you know, overall sad ending, but this is just the beginning. So, I mean, especially considering the fact that a lot of these players have not even had a full, com- a combined full season. You know, Bo Bichette came up midway last year, missed half of the season this year. Uh, Guerrero, Biggio, same thing. So the, you've got a lot of guys that are very inexperienced. And I think, you know, overall, inter- they might have lost a battle, but in the end, they're going to win a war, if that kind of analogy makes sense, you know, they're going to be better, and they set a a new standard for themselves, make the playoffs, and win, you know, they won in the minor leagues, now that they proved that they can at least compete in the big leagues, I think this is definitely a sign of good things to come. Yeah, the Blue Jays weren't supposed to be here in the first place, so, I mean, we can criticize them all we want for the mistakes that they made, you mentioned the Bobachet air that, I guess you could say, cost the Blue Jays the game, even though they weren't really scoring anything because obviously Bichette made that error that would have been the third out of the inning and then Hyunjin Ryu proceeded to give up a grand slam so you can criticize the players all you want for that but bottom line the Blue Jays weren't supposed to be here the fact that they even were in the first round of the postseason against the Tampa Bay Rays was kind of a miracle it was kind of um, you know a gift and it was certainly fun to watch so um, and and like you said the players you can tell were super into it and this is only good experience, and it only gets better from here. We knew the Blue Jays, like I said, weren't supposed to compete this year, but after this season, it's it's only going to be better for them. Um, we know next year they're going to be a lot better if they get a full season out of the likes of, you know, Teoscar Hernandez, if he's hitting like he was this year, Rowdy Telez, if he's hitting like he was this year, um, or at least part of this season. Lourdes Goriel Jr., he hit 308 this season. If he does that over a full season, and he's only making, I think, $5 million next year, like that is really great for the Blue Jays, and it's going to do a lot of good things. And then, like you said, Bobachet, if he's not injured, Kevin Biggio, if he keeps up his um, high rate of walks, if the Blue Jays go out and get some veteran pitchers, which we'll talk about later, or re-sign guys like Walker, Shoemaker, or even if Nate Pearson comes up and he's not injured and he 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 develops a little bit and he can get out in the majors. It's only uphill from here for the Blue Jays. It's only going to get better. And I think this year is just, um, it's good experience for them. It can't really be portrayed as anything negative. Um, one thing I did take from this series with the Rays, and we saw Ross Atkins talking a little bit about it um, in his media availability yesterday. He mentioned that this year the Blue Jays have to, or next year the Blue Jays have to do better about taking walks and not walking as many guys as pitchers because we saw that a lot this season. And I think that's something that stood out in this series against the Rays. I think it really showed the difference between the Blue Jays and the Rays and part of the reason why the Rays have been successful this year. It seemed like 
every single at-bat in the first game with Blake Snell on the mound, and to a lesser extent the second game with Tyler Glass now on the mound, the Rays were starting off the Blue Jays with an 0-2 count every time. It seemed like every single at-bat started off 0-2, and the Blue Jays were battling back, and obviously they couldn't succeed that way because when you're down 0-2, it's tough to get a hit. So I think that's something that really stood out. That's something that the Rays did really, really well against the Blue Jays, and I think that's part of the reason why they were successful in um, shutting down the Blue Jays' offense that had previously been one of the best in the majors. It definitely was a good lesson, and going back to it as well, they are legitimate contenders to win the World Series. So it was a great lesson. Well, it was a good lesson, definitely a tough les- lesson to watch and probably go through for them. But yeah, you know, just the little things, um, with, like you mentioned, Mark, how many times they were down 0-2. And then just overall going beyond that series, uh, all year there was defensive issues, there was base running miscues. There's lots of stuff they have to clean up, but it's all part of the growing pains. And, um, you know, they will be back. Uh, who knows what the team exactly will look like, but it will definitely look similar to what we saw this year. They have all their core pieces uh, intact. Uh, there are definitely going to be some changes to the rotation. That'll be interesting to see um, if players like Ryan Barucki or Anthony Kay kind of transition back to a starting rotation role. Um, but that's another topic for the offseason. But, you know, it just it was definitely a good season to begin with. And we know we know the story with them this year of how close they got going back to summer camp when they were quarantining in the Rogers Center Hotel, uh, when they weren't allowed to play in Rogers Center where they were on the road for pretty much the first two weeks of the season. And they had to spend, you know, majority of their home games at a minor league facility in uh, Buffalo. So they had they had a lot of um, issues to overcome this year. And the best thing about them is that they were not complaining one bit. Uh, they kept their mouths shut and they kept going to play baseball every day. And uh, I think that got a lot of respect around pretty much for the fan base and uh, definitely around the league as, you know, you weren't hearing them complaining about the lighting like the Yankees were every game or making excuses. There was no excuses. And um, they were just flat out beat in Tampa. Uh, unfortunately, but like you said, it was a good, it was definitely a lesson for them to learn. And um, like I said, it's not a normal postseason environment just because of the circumstances, but the Jays players still got a good taste of what that will be like. And um, going into a, hopefully a full season next year, I don't even know if that's a guarantee, but it looks like it will happen. Um, It'll definitely be really cool or interesting to see how they react in a full season. Cause Jacob, even going back to what you said, players like Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. still haven't gone through a full 162 game season before so that's going to be something to uh, look forward to and I guess in this case you know you get to see more of them next year and um, you know who knows if um, I believe the expanded playoffs are here to stay and if that's the case uh, obviously it increases the likelihood of them making it again but you know uh, growing pains and um, definitely a lesson they learned these past two days I know it was very short and I know probably hoping that they at least took one game Uh, unfortunately it just didn't work out but um, you know overall a successful season um, to begin with just because of the expectations they had and the um, things I just mentioned previously. Yeah, exactly. It was just, there were so many things that happened to the Blue Jays off the field that, you know, any other team could have easily just said, or even the Blue Jays, they could have said, you know, this sucks, let's plan for next year, but they didn't. And they proved that, you know, we can win and you know we're a good team and it doesn't matter if, you know, we have to play in a minor league ballpark or run the road for, I think it was like the first three weeks of this season. You know, they, they'll play anywhere. And I think that was definitely good. Uh, you guys mentioned how, how the off season and the team next year is going to look. One thing I am happy about with the Blue Jays, uh, with the amount of young players they have is that most of them are here to stay, uh, of their upcoming free agents. Only two of them are position players being Joe Panic and Jonathan VR. Uh, they have some pitchers that I do want them to sign, like Taiwan Walker and others that we'll get to later. But for the most part, most of their team is here to stay, or at least their core. So, you know, I think this is, it It can only go up from here for the Blue Jays. And, you know, one thing that I swear was mentioned every single game during every broadcast was how close this team got during summer camp. And that really brought them together because, you know, they're playing for each other. Obviously, they're playing for the fans too, but they're playing more as, like I said earlier, a group of friends, and I think that's definitely helping them. Uh, you know, especially the fact that a lot of them, a lot of their core did come up together, and they've been here, you know, a lot like the guys like Teoscar Hernandez, Danny Jansen, they were here when the Blue Jays were, you know, pretty bad the last couple of years, and th- th- I think this is definitely a good group. Uh, 
overall very you know like it was like we've said very tough uh, lessons that they had to learn that you know if you if you want to compete with the best teams you have to bring your A game Un- unfortunately they didn't and they were you know they just got beat by the Rays I think that's the best way to put it and hope you know hopefully it works out for them in the future I mean the expanded playoffs the one good thing or interesting thing is that Rob Manfred said that it's probably not going to consist of 16 teams uh, it's probably going to have 14 or something like that which you know it, it I mean yeah there's some arguments about why having you know literally over half the league in the playoffs is not you know it, it, it kind of takes away from the uh the competitiveness and how you know you could just be a sub 500 team or a 500 team and still make the playoffs uh I mean if if that's how Rob Manfred believes or thinks that it should work, then, you know, I'm all for it. As long as the Blue Jays, you know, make the playoffs, you know, then I think it's a, it's a good thing. Uh, overall, I mean, I'm not complaining too much about the expanded playoffs because, like I said, I've wanted this for years. And, I mean, it's it's a good sign that at least, you know, Major League Baseball is trying to bring more teams into the playoffs. And I think it does give the Blue Jays a better chance because, you know, one of the one of my issues with the, the way the playoffs the playoff format works with in baseball is that a lot of it depended on your division and you could be in a really good division like the Blue Jays with the Yankees and the Rays even the Red Sox after the last couple of years they were you know before their rebuild they were good so you had a lot of really good teams and they kind they would kind of you know be forced to take a wild card spot because there would be a really good team in their division and i mean obviously every team or every division has you know their division leader caliber team but baseball it was more of you know more of the this the way the playoffs work was more of a uh, this is how your your uh, division worked out whereas in other sports you know especially look at the NBA it really doesn't matter which uh, of the five team divisions you're in because the top eight teams in the east make it and I think that's definitely a better thing for baseball but you know overall I think the Blue Jays definitely did learn a lot this year I think a lot of their team is here to stay and I think that's definitely going to benefit them in the future and who knows, maybe a different playoff format kind of encourages them to play better because they realize, hey, we just went on a six-game losing streak. We might not make the playoffs. We need to play better. And that, I think, definitely will help them in the future. Yeah, there's no way that this can be construed as a negative, even if it does suck to watch them score three runs over 18 innings <laughs> eighteen innings against the, the Rays. But yeah, I you guys know my thoughts on the expanded postseason I I don't like it I I think 16 teams uh is too much but um I think if if Rob Manfred does attack it differently if he says you know I've heard proposals of you know keep what we normally have you know normally we have five teams in each league and then of course the wildcard teams battle it out one of the wildcard teams gets a slot in the division series. If we have, instead of one wildcard team or two wildcard teams, we have four wildcard teams, then the wildcard teams all kind of have their own bracket. Um, you know, they play, the four teams play, you know, two games against each other, and then they play one final game to determine who moves on to the division series. I think that's one way you could expand it. Um, I think the way it works now is that it doesn't work because you have teams like the Los Angeles Dodgers, teams like the Tampa Bay Rays that face elimination um, and can get eliminated because they have the exact same seating. They have the exact same advantage as a team like the Blue Jays that was, you know, two games over 500. So I think the the way the postseason works this season, um, it was an interesting experiment, but ultimately we've learned things that have to be changed in the future. But I mean, I think... I, I know I've been against it the whole time, but the the fact that I've been excited about the Blue Jays this season um, has kind of changed my mind again. I think we still need to tweak the system, but I think it's it it was exciting to watch them in the postseason and exciting to watch them all season. But speaking of all season, we mentioned earlier, Jacob, you mentioned the fact that the Blue Jays, you know, they lost 95 games this year. Um, they had a winning record this season, so overall a positive season for them. Um, We've talked about it a little bit, but going back and just kind of looking over everything that happened this year, you know, getting kicked out of Toronto, getting kicked out of Pittsburgh, Baltimore, having to play the season in a minor league ballpark, um, and then at the same time, 
having injuries to guys like Teoscar Hernandez, Rowdy Telez, Ken Giles, Bo Bichette, uh, Matt Shoemaker, Nate Pearson, um, the list goes on and on. And then at the same time, you know, having a, a huge swing in terms of wins and losses and actually getting a winning record this season. Uh, I think no matter what happened in the postseason, we can all accept that this was an incredible season. Um, it was great for the Blue Jays. It was fun to watch day in and day out, even if they were making stupid mistakes. Um, and and I really enjoyed watching them this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it just it was a great turning point for them. Uh, we know that if it was a full season, who knows where what would have happened to them or where would they would have settled. But you know, maybe this sixty game season for them was a blessing in disguise in some sort because of how quickly they turned the corner and they definitely won over the fan base. They definitely won over, or hopefully the, um, the front office was definitely impressed with what they saw. And I think they were based on how they approached the deadline this year. They weren't too over the top, but they, they still were somewhat buyers and they were, I guess, taking low risk deals. Not all of the trades they did work, worked out, but um, it just shows that the front office too believes that this team can win and this team can be competitive. And like I said, the fans definitely got more attention this year. And heading into next year, which is a full season, you know, everyone knows that this year they made the playoffs. This year they finished it by 500. They came third in the division. You know, it just it just raises the expectations now going into a um, going into an off season and going into a hopefully full season. I guess that's still been undetermined, but hopefully it does happen. But it's just good with the expectations, and I think that with this happening, it's going to create. You know, we we all know how it works. It's going to create more buzz around the team. It's going to create more excitement more demand to watch the games. Everything's going to work out uh, better. And, you know, hopefully they are back in Toronto next year too. Maybe them being in Buffalo took a little bit of it away. Obviously the no fans did too. But it was just overall a fun season as much as there were times this season where we all kind of, um, there were games where just we wanted to completely uh, lose it in terms of base running, errors, you know, Mark's opinions on Charlie Montoyo, some of his interesting decisions. The diesel truck Tanner Roark, you know, lots of things on the side that uh, kind of got us a little bit frustrated at times. But overall, it was still an entertaining season. And, you know, all the injuries, too, they had to overcome. It was very impressive how they kind of stayed on the the map and they didn't fall off completely when players like Bo Bichette got injured, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, uh, Rowdy Telez, lots of, uh, you know, injuries, but they were still on course. And like I said, raises the expectations. Maybe the Jays buy a little bit more this winter maybe they're more open on the market who knows who they'll bring back um based off who's who are pending free agents and like i said the rotation is going to look different but the one thing for sure is that most of their core players or all of them are locked in for the uh, foreseeable future which is good news yeah it was it was definitely a super fun season uh it was only 60 games so it, it was really weird when i think what was their the, whenever their last game was i thought to myself wow it's actually like it's over I mean, they still have the playoffs, but you know, you go from what was it? I think July twenty fourth, and it was like you blink and sixty games are over, and it's just it was crazy. And to think that in a regular year it would have only been about May, uh, it or the beginning of June. It's just it's a little, it's bizarre. I mean, it's it, it's interesting, uh, but definitely the fact that they were winning made it a little bit harder to say goodbye, but also it made it more fun while it lasted because. I think I could speak for a lot of people. Even the diehard fans can agree that it's ridiculously hard to watch a bad team, especially in baseball, just because, you know, a lot of people think that a lot of non-baseball fans, they always ask me, how do you sit and watch a game when the majority of it is just listening to guys talk and waiting for the pitch to be thrown? Uh, it, it makes them more fun when they're winning. And when they're losing, it's it definitely... Even as a diehard fan, it can get kind of tough to watch. I mean, last year, the last two years, really, you know, I sometimes would not watch the game just because, you know, it it can get kind of boring if they're losing. But overall, it was a great year. Uh, I, like you said, you mentioned Bryce in the offseason or the, the trade deadline, and I was still a little bit surprised how active the Blue Jays were. I mean, I'm not going to say I disagree with being active, but I was surprised that they did it so soon. Uh, they acquired guys like uh, Taiwan Walker, who I think should stay, definitely should stay. Uh, they made some reinforcement moves with Jonathan VR and uh, Robbie Ray, Ross Stripling. Overall, I think it was good. It showed that, you know what, they actually believe that this team can win. And, you know, they drafted well. They did all these things to get a good core. And then they 
they said, Hey, you guys can play. So we're going to, we're going to do well, or we're going to help you do well. And it, it definitely shows that they care about the team and going forward, uh, in terms of the offseason, I'm not entirely sure how active really any team is going to be in baseball. I, I could be completely wrong, but I, I feel like this might be a, a winter of just seeing what you have and, you know, next trade deadline they do something. But overall, you know, I think this team, this uh, this management believes in this team and it, it shows. I mean, it shows that they care about the fans, they care about the players. Uh, and, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, all three Toronto teams do well in the playoffs next year. Uh, I mean, none of them one. did overly well this year, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. But, I mean, it, as a multi-sport fan, it definitely makes it more interesting. But, you know, as, as a Blue Jays fan, I feel like it's a little bit different, at least for me personally. But it's just, it it shows that they care. Uh, you know, next year, we all, we keep mentioning this and how the experience that the Blue Jays are are gaining from, you know, these the shortened season, being together in summer camp and the playoffs and everything. It really... It really helped them, and I think definitely going forward, you know, maybe the Blue Jays are the next dynasty. Who knows? You know, they have, you know, I think the projections stay, say that they could, uh, but, you know, who knows what the management wants to do. They want to say, you know, you guys need a starting pitcher? Okay, we'll go get it. You know, we'll go get you that. Go get us a World Series. And I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they handle it, but overall, I think this team... I don't know if people will agree with this, but I think the Blue Jays might be one of the best managed teams in the league in terms of Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro because... <laughs> I thought you were talking about Charlie for a second. I no, not Charlie, like, but they... What? <laughs> no. Up. I got excited no. there. Sorry, I'm... I'm no. The... <laughs> no, the... They're, oh, the front office, they... As we saw what they did with Cleveland, they know how to build contenders and they know how to build uh, consistent contenders. And it's it's definitely... It'll be interesting to see how they handle this because they got a team that can be good on its own, but it'll be interesting to see what reinforcements they add in the future and you know how they want to handle that. Do they want to have these low-risk, high-reward deals or deals that have the potential to be high-reward? Do they want to kind of I don't, buy if they want to do what they did this year where they had a lot of uh, rental players? Do they want to you know get players with still time on their contract? You know, it's just, It'll be interesting to see what they do, but I think... Unless there's a deal that I really think is not good for them, I don't think I would overly disagree with much. Yeah, I'm questioning the Blue Jays' uh, wisdom in acquiring a lot of guys at the trade deadline now because they didn't really do anything in the postseason. Like, I don't really know what the point of going out and getting guys like Walker, Robbie Ray, Jonathan VR, especially Jonathan VR, because it seems like he did nothing for the Blue Jays this year. I don't really know what the wisdom was in doing that now that they didn't make the postseason, but in hindsight, it was still an amazing run. And now the Blue Jays have the potential to re-sign some of these guys. Speaking of re-signing them, let's look forward to the offseason and what's going to happen with that because it is a really interesting year for the Blue Jays. Obviously, they're on the brink of competition. They competed this year. We'll see whether they can keep that and keep it moving forward next year. But... Um, are they at a point where they should be acquiring guys, where they should be buying in the offseason, whether they should be making big contracts, big trades? We just saw Ross Atkins a few minutes ago, reported by Keegan Matheson of MLB.com, say that they are um, in the market to add a, quote, super high-impact player. Uh, so are the Blue Jays... What, what's the Blue Jays' approach this offseason? Are they looking to get a super high-impact player? Or is their goal kind of just to continue the incremental um, improvements they've made over the past few seasons? Because I think some people, um, I heard this on Baseball Central, Jeff Bar uh, Jeff Jeff Blair um, said that you know the Blue Jays' clock for competing now and going out and buying is kind of determined by Nate Pearson. When Nate Pearson is ready to pitch in the majors and he's good in the majors because we saw this year he didn't really quite have it whether it was injuries or otherwise when he is up and pitching well in the majors that's when the Blue Jays should go out and buy so do you guys think that the Blue Jays should be trying to get high impact players this year or wait at least till next year or maybe the trade deadline next year or whatever to to go out and get those types of players I'm really on the fence with this one because, you know, like I said, going back to the deadline this year, they were very cautious in how they added. And I think they're still at the point where they don't know for sure. 
And I know Ross Atkins is saying that he is open to acquiring a super high impact player, but um, you know, I think that even if they are, depends on how serious they explore that option, they would definitely be um, they would definitely be cautious about it. And that's what I want them to. I want them to be careful uh, when they're doing that because we we have seen in terms of adding, you know, how sometimes it doesn't work out for teams either if you're stuck with someone's contract or you give up too much. You know, a, a team that's on the you know on the fence now of starting to of starting to compete, you have to be careful, and it all depends on the market. It all depends on in terms of maybe he's talking about a trade, maybe he's talking about like I said the market. Uh, it all de- it all depends on what happens there, which is why I'm a little bit on the fence about it. But in terms of Nate Pearson, I mean, he did he when he came out of the bullpen. Uh, near the end of the season, and you know, a few times um, where he came out in the, one of the playoff games, he looked pretty good. From uh, what we saw, he pitched about two innings, and he was, you know, he was touching around 101, I believe, on the radar gun, which is pretty much typical Nate Pearson. And uh, we do know he will be returning to a starting rotation form next year. I guess you can pretty much guarantee that he'll be a lock, maybe, barring any injury to egg, to walk out of the spring as somebody on the rotation. And in terms of that, there's going to be many of those bullpen players, like I mentioned, who are going to be transitioning back to the starting rotation. As uh, Ross Atkins has already said, that players like Barucky, Kay, and even Thomas Hatch, they're going to be stretched out next spring. And there's a legitimate chance that they can um, come out of the spring as part of the starting rotation. So where that leaves players like Matt Shoemaker, even Chase Anderson, who is a club option, I don't think he'd be back, but I don't know for sure, obviously. Uh, I can see it going either way if they bring him back or not. But somebody like Matt Shoemaker um, is definitely going to get a bit of a raise. He did have a good season when he was healthy. He didn't pitch a lot, unfortunately. But uh, when he was healthy, he did have good outings. And somebody I hope they do bring back is Taiwan Walker. I really like the addition of him. And he pitched really well when he was here for his uh, brief time. I wish I would have seen him, or hopefully, or I wish we would have seen him in one of the playoff games, if whatever, if he would have started game one, two, or in what happened this year in game three, if they made it to game three. But definitely a lot of interesting scenarios and outcomes that can happen with this team. Um, the one thing I do like about Atkins and Shapiro is that they are very cautious to begin with um, in terms of when they're going on the market or trading for someone. I think we've seen that. But, you know, just they need to be careful in ter- if they really want to decide about this. And, you know, like I said even before, this 60-game season definitely has uh, turned into, you know, to definitely has changed the philosophy or the current state of the team because... Who knows if they would have been thinking about this uh, if they played a full season. Who knows how good the Jays would have been. And if they weren't good, then uh, there's a very good chance that they w- you wouldn't have been hearing anything about buying uh, this offseason. So that's why this 60-game season really turned some heads around. And it really, in my opinion, did convince the front office that th- their time is now or it's just starting to compete. But just because that's starting to compete, it doesn't mean you go over the top in terms of if you want to sign somebody or trade for someone. But I do trust Atkins and Shapiro when it comes to that. So whatever they decide, I should be fine with. Um, you know, if it should be fine with, depending on how you know significant it is. But I see them being very cautious, um, having a cautious approach this winter, and even maybe going into the deadline next uh, summer. But that's even farther away than what's happening uh, in the next coming months. See, I, to be completely honest, I don't know how much of a move that, or how how drastic of a move the management's going to make right now because when you look at some of the prospects that they still have coming up obviously Alejandro Kirk was you know as Buck Martinez said what was it the the legend continues or something that was <laughs> definitely interesting but they still have guys like Austin Martin and Jordan Groshans who are not even in the majors yet so i i, I feel like they might wait a little bit for those guys to see what they're able to do because i mean if they you know if the blue jays want to go out and get say a third baseman type guy well they have a guy that is like likely going to take over third base or somewhere in the infield so i mean i feel like that I, i've said this all throughout the summer i feel like this offseason is going to be very quiet for the blue jays unless they sign internally and when i mean internally i mean take their their upcoming free agents or guys with options and extend them or keep them around for next year because i, I feel like this still might be a, uh, an off season of, or go, the sorry, not this off season, but the the plan for next season is to still see what they have and w- what they can work with. Uh, off, I think you, Bryson, you mentioned Taiwan Walker. I think he is a must, an absolute must, because the rotation 
Obviously, Hunjin Ryu is going to be their, their number one starter. Nate Pearson's likely going to start. Well, pretty much as a guarantee, barring any injuries. But aside from that, you have a lot of guys that are competing for spots. So, you know, I would prefer to not have the majority of the rotation in question going into next season. And I, I think Tawan Walker is good. He, he had a, about a one, an ERA around one when he was with the Blue Jays, uh, which... He was, you know, he he definitely proved that he can be back next season, and I think this will definitely, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. But also, I want to see guys like Anthony Vasco come back. He's a free agent. Uh, he struggled in his last uh, few outings, but I think the, the back end of the bullpen, you know, could use him. Uh, obviously, Dolis has a club option. Definitely needs to be exercised. That's also I think a must, especially with uh, Ken Giles essentially out for next season and obviously he's a free agent so I mean they would have had to deal with that anyways if he was going to be playing but overall like I said I think this is going to be more of a we'll see what we have and type of offseason and you know the guys that they can sign that they've they got to stop see on their roster last year will probably be kept around uh, if they're going to buy I think it'll be minimum it'll be we'll have to wait till next uh, next summer in the trade deadline see what they want to do you know if they're if it's kind of like the 2015 Blue Jays where they had the pieces to make a playoff run or make a, you know, they add kind of reinforcements. I'm not saying they're going to go out and get like a David Price type guy, but maybe that's when they start to say, okay, we need to get guys to help us now because, you know, we're ahead of schedule, but, you know, at the same time, we got to win with the, this roster. We can prove that we can win. But overall, I think it's just going to be, you know, a very quiet offseason. I think it'll be quiet offseason in baseball. You know, I don't think we're going to see a ton of trade. I mean, the, the free agents are most likely going to get, you know, that are that people want are going to probably be signed. But I don't think we're going to see a ton of big moves just because of how weird this season was. And, you know, the uncertainty of, well, maybe a good team this year won't be good next year. So it might not make sense for a team to, you know, go out and really reinforce that team. Because, I mean, anything, like we said, anything can happen in the 60-game season. But... It'll just be interesting to see what they do, and I think overall it's just going to be pretty quiet. You know, see what we got, and next year if we still, you know, we still have a good roster, then we'll, then we'll, you know, we'll run with that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, like you mentioned, just the state of baseball right now, the fact that so many teams lost out on so much revenue, is certainly going to play a big role in whether teams um, actually go out and get big names. Um, I think in considering when the Blue Jays are going to buy when they're going to get that, as Ross Atkins called, the super high-impact player. I think it depends on what their competitive window is. And we know that, you know, it's starting right now, but when is it going to end? And I think for that question, like, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, they're all free agents after the 2026 season. So is that when the Blue Jays' competitive schedule kind of ends? Or, I mean, you got guys like Nate Pearson. His rookie status is still intact. You have guys like Jordan Groschance. He hasn't made his Major League debut yet. Austin Martin, still not in the majors. So kind of what is the the competitive schedule of this team? When does it end? I think if we say maybe conservative, conservatively if it ends in 2026, I think it's still too early to go out and try to acquire players because you're not the Blue Jays aren't a team that's going to sign a lot of guys to five-year deals. They're not a team that is going to be getting guys for big contracts. So, um, I mean, sometimes they do, obviously, high engineering four years, but I think that's kind of the cap of what they want to do, even if they're getting, as Atkins called, a super high-impact player. So I, I don't think they're this offseason they're really going out and getting the big names. That doesn't mean I don't think they're going to compete next year. I think they still want to build a good foundation for this team. And as Jacob mentioned, I think that means re re-signing some of the free agents that they have and making a few more um, under the radar acquisitions. Um, so Rafael Doli certainly is a must to be picked up for his club option. It's only a million and a half. Um, so it's not much. It's not a big commitment for the Blue Jays. Taiwan Walker, I think he could command a little bit more. I think he's what, 29 years old. So he could he, he could command a bigger contract, especially his success this season. But I'd like to see the Blue Jays go out and get him, maybe for the type of deal that they give gave Tanner Rourke or um, you know Chase Anderson is on, kind of that two-year, $24 million 
Walker may command more than that. Maybe he goes um, two years, $30 million. That's, of course, getting up there, $15 million a year. But I think that's what you need for a guy like Walker, who, you know, as you mentioned this season with the Blue Jays, he had a 1.37 ERA. He was fantastic in Toronto, and I think that's the type of player that they need in their rotation. So definitely Dolis, definitely Walker. Shoemaker as well, I think he's not going to sign a big deal, especially with his continued struggles with injuries. So maybe you just sign him to a, I don't know, $3 million deal, $5 million deal, only one year, and you just hope that he can stay healthy for one year in his career, that you hope that you can get something good out of him. Um, Robbie Ray, I think, is a guy that um, can have a lot of success. We saw him working with Pete Walker. He lowered his amount of walks. He was successful with the Blue Jays. So he's a guy I'd like to see stick around. Again, he's a guy who can also command more money because he's younger. He's had success. Um, but I think he's someone who could contribute to this team long term. Ken Giles, he's a free agent. I don't see anything happening with him. I don't think the Blue Jays are touching. I don't think anyone's re-signing him this year just because of his Tommy John surgery. Um, going into next year, he's going to be out for that entire season. Anthony Bass, um, I think the Blue Jays can do better, if that makes sense. I don't think they should be committing a lot of money to Anthony Bass um, because I think after this season, he's going to command a lot of money and the Blue Jays can kind of make a similar, I, I guess, under-the-radar acquisition as they did in the first place with Bass. Um, I love him, don't get me wrong, but I think they could... I, I don't think it's necessary that they re-sign him. Jonathan VR, I don't care. I, I don't want him back, frankly. <laughs> I never liked him much in the first place. I don't care much about him. Joe Panic, same thing. Uh, maybe he's a good guy off the bench. Um, I don't care much if they lose him. But, um, yeah, I think this season it's about maintaining the talent that they have. I think they'll improve next season automatically because of the guys that they have that kind of got their feet under them this year. So I think this offseason is just about kind of maintaining what they've had and bridging the gap before you make that huge acquisition, which, you know, maybe that's next offseason when you go after a really big name type guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you look at their free agents, too, it's like I said, it's not people that were necessarily part of their core. A few from other, um, aside from a few like Rafael Dallas had a very significant role this year. So did Anthony Bass. And, of course, Tywin Walker and Matt Shoemaker were part of the rotation. But, you know, Rafael Dallas, I think um, I think that's almost a guarantee that he comes back. And when you look at it as well, the Jays, they need a closer for next year. It, either if, if that's going to be him, maybe it's Jordan Romano, maybe he slips in, maybe Anthony Bass, who knows? It could be any of those people. Maybe the Jays go out and get another closer and, you know, add on to the, the bullpen. But I think Rafael Dallas, what he saw or what he proved this year and what we saw, especially that he's only making... $1.5 million. I think that's almost a must that he gets picked up. Ken Giles, I agree with you. I think he won't be, you won't be hearing about him until next uh, winter. Maybe he gets a one-year deal. If he's lucky, he'll get a two-year deal with an option or some sort to kind of prove himself as he comes back from Tommy John. Robbie Ray made $9.43 million this year, so he made a lot of money. Um, don't know, I don't necessarily see him coming back for some reason, but not just, you know, not that the Jays don't want him, just maybe he pursues other opportunities. And Jonathan VR too, yeah. Um, he was. He, I don't think he had one meaningful hit in his Blue Jays tenure, and um, you know it was. You know, especially when Joe Panic was pinch hitting for him in a playoff game. I think that said it all. And uh, you know, the the one thing about VR too is the trade came because uh, at the time Bo Bichette was injured, so I guess they needed some short term relief in the infield. Uh, that was probably one of the main sources to why the Jays actually got him. And um, I guess it costed them a player to be named later, but I would be very surprised if he came back. Chase Anderson is a club option, so who knows if he's back. I don't necessarily see them picking that up, like I said earlier. Matt Shoemaker this year made $4.2 million, so if you give him a similar deal like you said, Mark, I can see him potentially coming back for sure. I think he has a better chance of coming back uh, than someone like Taiwan Walker, for in my opinion. But Walker also made $2.37 million, so he didn't make a lot of uh, money either. And Bass is on the same type of contract as Dolis, except um, that uh, he's, he doesn't have an option, so he's unrestricted. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. And then the last unrestricted free agent is Caleb Joseph. Um, you know, I would be very, I'd be shocked. I'm willing to guarantee that he won't be back. You know, the Jays have Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk made a big name for himself at the end of the season. I think we'll be seeing him next year as maybe like in a platoon role with Danny Jansen. 
And of course, you have uh, Reese McGuire, who didn't have the best year offensively, but he did make the playoff roster over Joseph, so I think that kind of said it all. So Joseph, for sure, will not be back, I'm willing to guarantee. But the, these some of these other names will be interesting, like I said. And of course, you have to remember the actual free agent market to see how active the Jays will be. Maybe they go out and get their own starting or a new starting uh, pitcher, and then maybe they add for sure. They are almost for sure will have to add bullpen pieces just because um, a lot of some of the bullpen is not, um, or some of it's a little bit undetermined. And the big case in this one would be the actual closing position to see who would actually get that. But uh, a very interesting offseason ahead, and who knows if the Jays will end up, you know, making that big move that Ross Atkins teased that the team would be willing to do. But if they don't make, if they don't end up making a big splash, it's not going to bother me. I don't think it'll bother any of you. You know, like I said, they have their main core coming in next year. And, you know, I think we can expect another competitive season out of them. And uh, next year will be the test since it's supposed to be a full 162-game season. Yeah, I forgot to mention Shoemaker. I'm glad you guys did because he was a guy that I originally did think or I, I do think will come back. You know, maybe it's just a one-year deal. You know, prove himself, you know, if he could stay healthy. Uh, because he's not a, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he'd easily take the fourth or the fifth spot in the rotation. Uh, it's just a matter of, is he healthy? I mean, obviously, we saw against Tampa Bay, he threw three phenomenal innings. Easily could have been five or six, but, you know, in hindsight, I, you know, that's a different story. But he was, he was good. I mean, his start against the Yankees, uh, he was also extremely good. He threw five innings against, sorry, three innings against them. It was another uh, opening role after he came back from injury. He was good. Uh I think overall they might give him another shot. Uh, obviously, unfortunately, he had tore his ACL uh, last season, and then this year with the the injuries, he missed a lot of time. But I don't see why they don't bring him back. Uh, it's he's a guy that I would like to see. I think he can be very uh, he can be he can pr- provide a lot of good things for the Blue Jays when he's healthy. And I think they like him. I think they, you know, the players like him. And obviously, you know, he was dominant against the Rays. Uh, unfortunately, the Blue Jays lost that game. But he was, you know, he was phenomenal. Uh, I would like to see him back. Uh, overall, I think, like, like you said about VR and Panic, I, I feel like the Blue Jays are in this interesting spot where they don't necessarily need to... I mean, obviously, you can always focus on, on, uh, on position players. But I feel like they're in this weird spot where they have kind of maybe everything they need at least for right now I mean they can make moves and I mean things cannot work out in their favor but you know I feel like they have the position players that can take them to into next season and maybe even into the playoffs I think the focus might be on pitching uh you know whether it's like I said signing internally or at next year's deadline I feel like that's probably their focus uh but yeah overall I mean they have Quite a few free agent pitchers. Uh, most of them, like I said, I would like to see back. Unfortunately, with Ken Giles, just because of his his Tommy John surgery, that re- the recovery period for that is, I believe, 12 to 18 months. So basically, to this time next year, in, even looking into January of 2023 or 2022. So, you know, basically he's... I, I don't know. I would like to see the Blue Jays maybe verbally say to him, you know, depending on your recovery... We'll look into signing you next off season to a one year deal or you know something to keep him around because I, I think he's a good player. I think, unfortunately, obviously he struggled this year and with the injuries, but I would like to see him back. I, I don't see why they don't at least say you know prove yourself you know on a one year deal. If it doesn't work out, you know all the best. But overall, I mean, it's unfortunate for him, but he's probably just not doing much this year or doing much this offseason to prepare for next year yeah i have uh, one well, before you continue mark i have also before uh two other questions for you guys too and mark you can add on to this uh tanner roark is under contract for next year for 12 million dollars and uh, travis shaw is also under contract he's i believe will either have to settle for a deal or go to arbitration so he is under team control until next year so another thing for you to add on mark is do you think any of those two are back next year which is another interesting question i don't think tanner rourke is back i think they release tanner rourke or they trade him and eat most of his salary because i don't think any team is going to want to take him right now uh i he was pretty horrible for the blue jays like a a 7.0 era um he just didn't show me anything that he could actually get 
outs in the majors and he could actually contribute to this team. So, no, I don't see him coming back on this team, whether it's a release or a trade. Um, as far as Travis Shaw goes, I think they'll hold on to him. Uh, I don't know how much of a role he has with this team. Like, just like where he fits in, just because, you know, they have all these other guys coming up. But I think he did enough to prove that he could stick around. I'm not fond of it, and they could easily find a better replacement for him for fairly cheap. And if I'm, I think he was signed to a minor league contract, and it was like the major league buy was 1.5 million, I think. So, like, he's incredibly cheap. Uh, they can trade him, they can release him, doesn't really matter. Um, of course, as you mentioned, arbitration eligible. But the Blue Jays heading into next year don't really have a lot of money on the books. They're estimated to have a payroll of about $100 million. Compared to this year, they were at um, $118.2 million. We know previously they've been 150 160 180 um, during some of the Alex Anthopoulos years. So I guess they have the room to buy. They have the, the, the room in their payroll to um, commit to being a winning team next year, make some big free agent splashes if they want, front load those deals as opposed to backloading them when the Blue Jays are projected to have a higher payroll as years go on because a lot of their players are becoming arbitration eligible. But I think they could, they, they have the capacity to make a deal this year. Um, I just don't think it lines up with their competitive schedule and I don't think they will. Well, with that, I think we'll wrap this podcast up. Thank you to everyone who listened to this episode, and I know it's been a little bit of a disappointing week for Blue Jay fans, but regardless, a very exciting future and a very exciting season and satisfying season to look back on. So, as always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Section138Pod. You can rate and review our podcast. Um, Just search for Section138 on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next week. to go